0: I also want to say thank you to the men for coming yesterday. I really enjoyed the day. However, let me add to what Michael just said. It wasn't just for men. It wasn't just for men. Seriously, when I've got a flu like many of you, and I wasn't going to preach this Sunday, but earlier in the week, this week, I began to think about the Saturday and the fact that yesterday the men were coming together to talk about business. I mean, come on, girls, you say what? The men, okay, we're coming together. And I've got no problem with that. However, when I, when I began the, the prep, I just thought God stop me and say, hello. I speak to everyone. Speak to everyone. So seriously, I'm not joking. Speak to everyone. Men are great, aren't they? Amen. Men are, oh, that I was, I was okay. Men are great, aren't they? Yeah, women are okay as well. Men are, men are fantastic at being visionaries. That's what they're good at. They're gifted at that. But the problem with Adam was God gave him the, the vision, but not the ability. The ability, the balance was in Eve. So particularly yesterday, because we were talking about business, I would, with all my heart, uh, encourage you, men, to include women, okay? Be that your wife, like with your ministry, for example, Janet. The first thing I said to you, if you remember, was get a man onto your council, right? Because it's a women's ministry. That's wisdom. If it's a men's ministry, get a woman in there. Hello. Hi. Because she's going to have another perspective. And so it is with your marriage, with your home, and definitely with your business. So, men, I want to continue this morning talking about business. Women, listen up in equal fashion. Listen up in equal fashion. And youth, listen up. I I can't remember whether it was CNN or Morning Joe, one of those American programs. They had this girl. She was about 22, and she had already made something like $3 So they invited her on and said, well, what did you do? And she was looking at them like, well, what's wrong with you? It's simple. And she was explaining what she had done. But that was just a, a young kid without the blockages that you and I can pick up. Right? That's what it is. It's an open mind. It's like Donald Trump. He doesn't have the presets. Some people are blessed that way. They just don't have. She, she was praying this morning about restrictions and, and mental blocks that people say, not me. You are saying that. You are saying that. God's not saying that. His promises are. Yeah, God's not saying that. You are saying that. Or society's putting that on you. Or chauvinism or culture or whatever. So be wide open this morning. Um, I shared with the men yesterday, I've been full-time nearly 30 years. I made about 25% of my income through that time, through property, through buy-to-let, buying and selling, etc., etc. And if it wasn't for that, my life would have been very, very different and very difficult. So I I thank God for it. However, the truth is, as I look back, no, no, no person helped me. All the pastors came and talked to me. They talked to me about spiritual things, so-called. But as I look back on it, and this is the truth, folks, very few, I mean, minuscule were the pastors who came to actually practically talk to me about money. Very few. And that, I believe, was a mistake. Do you know who helped me? God's. Because I was busy about my father's business, because I was seeking first the kingdom, God himself several times in ways that were supernatural, and so some of you can't believe the supernatural, in ways that were so supernatural, it astonished me. It blew my mind. I don't want to repeat testimonies all the time, but sitting, in a, sitting having fish and chips in a pub in, in Liverpool... When, when God spoke to my wife, go into the shop across the road and God spoke to me and we didn't speak to each other and we'd leave and we're walking away and my wife stopped me. Thank God for the woman. Yeah, because I ignored the word. And she said, you know, Mike, stop. I'm just, I can't, I can't walk away with this. See the shop. And I couldn't believe it. And over that, over within five years, we'd made 250 grand on that, from that shop. Hello. Do you believe in the supernatural? Right? God wants to break through. And I believe in my case, I repeat, he helped me because I was busy about his things. My passion, my heart was to see churches succeed. And maybe I don't preach enough about money. You need to remind me, correct? I have told her countless times, remind me because it's not my heart. Are you with me? It's not my heart. It's not my desire. I do not desire to be wealthy. It's not a personal desire. However, because I see the needs in the kingdom, of course we need to generate wealth. But it is, I am I, telling you the truth, it is not my desire. I've had wealth. I've had wealth. And I know the damage it can do. Folks, you mark my words. See prosperity? It can be good, and it can be very bad. Oh, yes. Good prosperity, the Bible says, brings peace with it, not trouble with it. Good prosperity will bless a person's life and there will be no trouble with it. Good prosperity is tied to purpose. And you should keep that as as top priority in your mind and in your life. Am I seeking prosperity for the sake of the kingdom of God? Now answer that question within your own heart. Okay? Take a moment. Take a moment. It, many of the promises I hear, eyes forward, don't get distracted by your notes today. Listen to me. Go home and study the notes. Please do. I hear many people, for example, talk about uh, marriage. I need to find a husband, I need to find a wife. Talk about uh, blessing in the kingdom. And I see that many Christians have a missing piece. Don't you know that those blessings are connected to purpose? All things will be blessed and work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything. The, I hear Christians in prayer meetings and they pray the promises, but I know that their lives are disconnected from the purpose. Did you get that? That's a really important point. Amen. <laughs> get your life firmly connected to the purpose of God, and you will find that God Himself will intervene in your life and provide what you need. Hello. Good prosperity will produce humility. Bad prosperity will produce pride. For example, if God is blessing you, Pastor Rick Seward was in a meeting once. He was in questions and answer panel, right? And there's all these people. He told us this testimony. A big crowd of people. Um, questions and answers on wealth, you see? Now, when you're a pastor like Rick, many people try to trap you, you see? They're all out to get you. You have to be aware of that. So he's up in questions and answers, and someone put his hand up, and it's kind of a trick question, and he said, I want to become wealthy. It's kind of a, you know, tricky way to answer that, And, and Rick realized the scenario he was in. I want to become wealthy, and Rick, pause, 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 one, two, three. And he said, God just dropped the answer straight in my spirit. Yeah? And he said, so I answered him, no problem, sir. But if you become wealthy, just make sure that it's God that does it and not you. That's a good answer. It's a really, really biblical answer. When God prospers you, you're going to be humbled by it. You're going to be broken by it. You're going to wake up and praise Him and thank Him for Look at what the Lord has done. You're not going to be drawing attention to yourself. Look what I have done. Look what I have achieved. Good prosperity produces humility. And I ask you, think about yourself. Bad prosperity produces trouble, produces division. Bad prosperity is not kingdom or purpose focused. It's all about me. And people can wrap it up, you know, in pretty fashion. As if it's about the kingdom, but actually it's not about the kingdom. The Curves Fitness Centers, Stephen Heavey can teach you a story on that, right? The fastest growing franchise in the world. Born again Christian. It's a great testimony. But he, he was originally seeking money for himself. And then he repented and sought money for the kingdom. And he became the fastest growing franchise in the world. Phenomenal. Bad prosperity produces pride. You see, God is good, right? Amen. Good father. And as a good father, he's not going to bless you in ways that are going to destroy you. Right? Okay. Common sense. God's not going to bless you in ways that will destroy you. People are very different. And the reaction to people, the, the reaction to wealth in people's lives is dramatically different. Oh, yes, dramatically different. One man, for example, will buy his first home. Example. And he signs the document. And you know what he does? He gets down on his knees. And he says, thank you, Lord. To get, like, say in the UK, 14 million people out of 60 million people own their own home. So say that man goes home and he gets down on his knees. And he realizes, without God, I would have done nothing. The prosperity produced humility. But another man, Buys his first home and thinks he's the king of the world. Totally different effect. A car. Somebody buys their first car. And the effect on some is to humble them. The effect on some is the more wealth they get, they feel they're leaving everyone behind. And wealth makes people proud. Even simple things. So you need to consider your ways Consider the journey that you have taken and what effect are things and money. The one thing, one, ask me a lesson that I learned with Jeanette and losing everything at one point and trying to reestablish. I'll tell you the one thing that I came out of that is this little statement. I made it up myself. The tyranny of things. The tyranny of things. And I stand here and I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that the day came when all of my possessions were gone. I thank you that my house, the one I had left, was gone because of a massive health bill for her. Everything was gone and I can remember that moment and what a shock to me. Because if I said that that was going to happen you, you would probably feel terrible, depressed or negative. But the shock to me was that it was like walking on air. (laughs) I was. I was free. I thought, well, I didn't expect that. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. And something, thank you, Lord, for intervening in my life. I'm free. I didn't expect to feel like this. And so going back around that cycle again, I'm a lot the wiser. I'm a lot the wiser. Oh, yes, about what truly makes you happy. People feel insecure. And so they find their security. The Bible has many warnings about this. They find their security in things. That's the tyranny of things. And that begins to grow around you. And it will pull you down eventually. So keep your security firmly in the Lord. What does the Bible say about business? Many, many things, cover to cover. Some years ago, I think of all the series I ever produced, the series that shocked me the most was called The Mystery of Israel. I only did it once. I did it in Glasgow. I'd never done it before, but I did enormous research into the people of Israel. And boy, oh boy, did I get shocked. Are they blessed or what? I had only understood a small fraction of the creativity within Israel for generations. And today, the grip they have on finances, that's why they're hated so much around the world. And that series, only five parts, but it it blew my mind about the the, the blessing of God and how, you know, because we now continue the same Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Now it's you. Now it's you. And I need to be able to access that, but I have to obey God's principles in doing so. And Solomon, it's a chief contributor in the Bible to this. I've given you a couple of scriptures which I think are important in terms of establishing yourself as a business person or in the business world. If God has given you a dream or an idea, a vision, <coughs> me, then a couple of scriptures that you may want to think on, ponder on, and pray about. The first one is Ecclesiastes 11, verse 1. Cast your bread upon the waters... And after many days, everybody say many days. Many days. They're the important words, <laughs> right? Casting your bread is not important. That's not the important bit. The many days is the important bit, right? You need to be prepared to wait many days. Cast your bread upon the waters, and after many days, that seed, whatever way it is, will return to you bountifully, multiplied, reproduced. Eyes forward, please, stay with me. I walked into Dublin, our church in Dublin one day and this woman was very unhappy and she had her handbag. This is a true story. She had her handbag, you know, and broke. Broke, 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 broke. And you stand and you talk about this and you talk about that. And the bag started to move. Yeah, yeah. She was just, I thought, is it going to come at me? But it didn't. It was a very high ceiling. And she just took the handbag and she threw it against the wall. Have you got any idea of the content of a woman's handbag? <laughs> it was all over the place. It, she said to me, Answer me why, Pastor Mike. Answer me why. I've been tithing, and yet I'm not prospering. <clears throat> Jesus answered the Pharisees and the Sadducees the same thing. You give a tenth of your mint and rue, but your attitude stinks. Right? Amen. With the, same, with, 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 with the seed you sow with one hand, with your words, you curse. You curse the same seed by your attitude. So I challenge that woman when she calmed down, of course, check your attitude. Other people will say, I tithe, I give, and yet I'm not prospered. Well, I disagree. Because God's not wrong, right? So you're still the problem. So don't, don't challenge God. Did God bless you and you squandered it? Did God bless you and you didn't look after it properly? You misused it. Remember, many about wise investments in the Bible, right? He, didn't, he did bless, but you didn't use it right. Or maybe your tithe is not the first 10%. Tithe has to be the first 10% or should be. There's a bit of discussion about that, but for me, it's a, it's a principle. Apostle Paul says, on the first day of the week... Right, David says early in the morning, the first hours I will seek the Lord. And I think it's just common sense that the, the, the tithe, the 10%, should be the first 10% that leaves your account. Because it doesn't take any faith for the last 10%. Right? It should be before. So the, if you today, I tithe and I don't prosper, I would ask you to consider these three potential reasons why. Has my attitude actually been bad? Have I squandered when God returned to me? Or is the, is the 10% I give not actually the first 10%? I'm giving God what's left over. or You know, going to him, that's not a good principle in the way you, your relationship with God should be. Pastor David yesterday gave us some provisio, some uh, wise guidelines, <laughs> exactly the same. I, I, I was very pleased to see that. But these biblical principles... And they don't go without restating. I need to remind myself. Everybody listen. Do not pursue wealth. Do not pursue money. Right? Nice and clear. It's not confusing. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Do not pursue wealth. Seek ye first kingdom of God. And these things will follow. 1 Timothy six ten. Do not love money. Do not pursue money. And it's, it's in many, many different places. That attitude, that inner attitude, has to be taken up by the root. You've got to get rid of it. It's like weeds or grass. It grows back again. It comes back at you. So it takes ongoing maintenance, in my opinion. So first scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, cast your bread and be be ready to behave yourself with a good attitude, right, in the interim, the many days, in the many days. I'm going to keep my attitude right. In the many days, I'm going to be wise and not squander. In the many days, I will continue to give in faith. Amen. Amen. Second scripture, which I think is a great one. I love it. Proverbs 11.30, he who wins souls is wise. (coughs) I love this. Um, This scripture is used many, many times for evangelism. I've used it myself for evangelism because I think it's a useful scripture. But I want to really emphasize to you today, guys, he who wins souls is wise. It's got nothing to do with evangelism in context. The context is Solomon is going to build the temple. And it's a business plan. Are you listening? I love this. I absolutely love this. Because if you want to ask Solomon for advice on a business plan, his surprising answer, win friendships. If you want to build business, business is about relationships. If you join a small company, you probably won't realize this, but if you join a bigger company, a very serious company, global company, they will have social nights. And you will be expected to go and be in those social nights. Correct? Why? Relationships. Because anybody who can't keep their relationships together, they're probably not going to be able to keep the business together. And wise companies with experience will have input in that area. They will want to see it. So Solomon, wisest man who ever lived, he connects business success to your relationships, right? I think that's a really, really, really important point. If you intend to be successful, then win souls, win friendships, build good relationships. And we heard a little bit about that yesterday. I think like father, like son. Have you ever seen that in a, in a family? Like father, like son. Well, the same for you and me, right? I'm going to be like my father, your father in heaven. And, and he is a creator, true? He's a continual inventor, never stops. Look at creation. Look at the diversity in creation, and like Father, like Son. So I believe that inside me there's a there's a little fountain, a little well, a little river of, of of spontaneity and creativity that I've got to tap into somehow. I've got to find that new ideas, things that maybe no one has ever thought of before. God is a creator. God, my Father is a creator. Yeah. And I'm made in his image, and so within me, that should be there. How many years ago? Probably oh, about 10 years ago, a couple came to me, a young couple, had no babies, no children, wanted to have children. So they asked to meet me, and I, I uh, could you put the house up, Ray? I, I, um, I met them, and they said, would you pray for us? We want to get the deposit on our house. But we haven't got any money because we have to give all our money to our parents back home and this, that, and the other. So they were skint, you know. And they said, I, Just look at me a moment. <laughs> there is no way. There is no way. It cannot happen. So we're stuck. How can this be? We want to buy a home, we want to get started, and we don't know what to do. How can it be? Remember last week's message? Don't get stuck with the how. Don't get stuck with the how. That's his business. That's his business, not your business. Not your business. So they came to me saying, it's not possible. Pray for us. We want to buy a home. We want to have a family. We want to start. I said, Just go. I will pray. Hallelujah. So I prayed. And then I said, Look, you know, Lord, what is your plan for this couple? With God, there's always a way. Yeah, with God there's always a way. So one day I'm preaching and they're sitting just about where you guys are and as I'm preaching, I get a word from the Lord to speak to him. Yeah, right there in front of everyone. So I spoke it out in front of everyone and I said to him, create, create something, make something. And then I just carried on. So then I spoke to them and I said, you need to create something, right? Just, just do it. And he was thinking. Uh, any idea? What? <laughs> no idea. Create something. Make something. Do something. God's going to use you to do something. And I told him again. I told him, you're going you're to make something. He's an app developer. And then what happened is, because that word was in his head, I'm going to make something. Sony had a competition for app development in the UK who can create the best app. I said, I'll create an app. And he got first prize, £30,000. Hallelujah. Amen. And... Was able to move into a house in Larbert, and I went down there, prayed for them. Two babies later, he's just moved on to a promotion. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 There's always a way. There's always a way. And God will provide you with that way if you're submissive. He's a very submissive person, a very wise person. And he, I mean, he would never have thought of that. And you won't be able to think of the ways that God can do it. I'll tell you this, folks. <laughs> Listen to me on this one. You can work the rest of your life to achieve A, B, C. Or God can do it in a day. Which is it? Right? You can just go like everyone else. You know, work your fingers to the bone. Just like everybody else. When all the supernatural is available to you. And in this year, 2019, tap into the supernatural. Don't let the provision that's there for you go to waste or pass by you. Open up to God. Stop thinking about how. (laughs) Not your problem. The how is not your problem. The, 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 The what is what I'm looking for. His purpose. I'm looking for the what and then I pursue the what. And he will open the doors necessary. Solomon gives, I think, very good advice here. Uh... Just a few simple points about if you if some of you here this morning receive a word from the Lord about a business plan. Could be anything. Do you like curry? Yes. I love curry. Did you ever see Patkis? Do you ever see the documentary about Patkis? Waitrose, Tesco's, Asda, every store in the UK have Patkis curry sauce. I remember the, I remember the documentary about that. Fascinating. The Indian family came here, no money, living in a flat, big pot. The woman was there showing what she did. So we got the pot and we got the curry powder and we got, and we mix do you like that? No. Do you like that? No. Do you like that? Oh, that's great. Okay. Remember that? And they started little homemade jars going around the shops. Would you like this? Would you like? No. Would you like? No, we don't want it. Would you like it? No. Yeah, okay. And slowly they began to build and create those spice sauces, they must be the, probably the biggest provider in the UK. I mean, there's a massive chunk in supermarkets with just their products, right? Innovation. Just opening up their mind to something. Are they special? <laughs> no. Just ordinary people without the blockages, without the, the, the presets, without the hindrances. People who are not saying it won't be me. It will be you right? It can be you just as well as anybody else. Let God in. Look at these principles. As I get a business plan, as God gives me something, nothing wrong with curry sauce, right? It's not immoral. But as God gives me a business plan, I need to be very cautious because there's a lot of dodgy stuff out there. Is it worthy? I'm a born again Christian. You a Christian? Yes. Yes. Well, then your business plan needs to be. What is the business? And he said, Bullets, you know. Bullets, as we said. I was shocked. Bullets? I thought I got it wrong. What type of bullets? He said, bang, bang, bullets. They kill people. I, and I said, you want, me to, you want me to invest in bullets? He said, It's a munitions story, which I think I won't go into it today. But it's a fantastic testimony. So Solomon begins his journey, and you can look these up in Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, particularly. You can see these points there in my book. My my Father's Business, you'll find all of these points in great detail. He then took certain steps, which I would advise you to consider if you intend to start a business. Step number one, we've mentioned this a few times in the last few weeks. (coughs) He he declared his intention. I I can't emphasize this enough. This is a big deal. Solomon stepped out one day, and he says to the people, I am going to build the temple, right? That, that, that's a big statement. Remember, David wanted to do that before him. But Solomon, at the right moment, he stepped out and he declared with the words out of his mouth, this is what I'm going to do. Now, you need to be, pre- I can't stress this enough. You need to be prepared for the day of your declaration. So say this morning, Seema, you can cook, right? So say Seema is sitting here this morning and she gets a word in her heart. To start a cooking business. My advice to you, Seema, zip it. Go home. Okay? Talk to Saberna. Go before the Lord. And let that baby grow. Okay? Take your time. There's a man in the Bible called Moses. And God spoke to Moses to go into the promised land. What did Moses do? Tell everybody. Ask everybody's opinion. 12 spies. Ask everybody's opinion about God's word. How do, how do you think God feels about Did Moses enter? Moses didn't enter the promised land. Disrespected the word of the Lord. Took the word of the Lord and asked people's opinion. You know what Moses? You will die in the wilderness until you respect my word. So you get the word Seema. Submit to your husband. Pray. Step one. Make sure you've got something. Because as sh- soon as you go public, oh yeah. <laughs> Step two, tell me. Talk to your pastor, okay? Talk to your submit it and see how that goes, if it feels. Do you know, I, a couple invited me 18 months ago to Houston Station. Come and meet them. Come and meet them. So I sat with them and they said, we've got, we got a plan, we've got a business plan. Look, what, what, what are you thinking? Not in this church. Shared ownership. Thing. Some of those can be really good, really profitable. I'm not against it. But as I looked at their plan, there was a property purchase. I just didn't like the plan. Sometimes everything can look good, but your gut feeling, don't ever shy away from that gut feeling. And they could see as they were going through all the figures and the things and this, they could see my face. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it, does he? And, and, and as we got to the end, I said, listen, guys, you know, Just because things look right doesn't mean they're right, you know. And I just, I'm sorry. I just don't, oh, it's okay, no no problem. Let's just finish our food. And I didn't see them again. I didn't even know if they bought it. And it was six months ago I met the man alone this time. I said, what happened with that shared ownership? What happened? He said, we bought it. We bought it and everybody, it's a block, everybody bought one, they were all sold, and we moved in. And then three months, there's a problem with one of the bathrooms in this section. And then when they investigated the problem in the bathroom, they realized there's a structural problem right down the bathroom side, and it was, it was illegal, so we all had to move out. So they moved everyone into rented accommodation. We lived in the apartment for three months. Now some people are trying to sell it, but because the building's flawed... They, they can't sell them. So everybody's stuck and we're in limbo. We're just stuck. We don't know what to do. You need to listen to your pastor. That's what you need to do. You need to listen. The, I don't care if your pastor's a donkey. Right, Val? I don't care who the pastor is. Just listen to him. Because he's there for a reason. It doesn't matter. You don't have to like him. You could hate him. It doesn't matter. They're there for a purpose and for a reason. Hallelujah. So submit within the home. Bring it onto the church, just like with marriages, relationships, same procedure. Bring it into the church and then still wait. At a certain moment, you can go public. At a certain moment. And that needs to be a God honoring, God ordained thing. Because at that time, the people you speak to, eyes forward, listen, <laughs> there's a big difference. I can say, Seema can say, um, I think I'm going to start a. A cookery business. Or you can say, I, like Solomon. I am going to build a temple. Something's different. You've given time for that prophetic word to take a grip on you. Now you've got faith and confidence. And that's actually becomes prophecy. Amen? So be careful. Be careful, guys. Get your word. Incubate the word. And then eventually you'll, you, you can go public. It's not just Moses. You'll you'll see this many times in Scripture, even with Jesus himself, who remained hidden until the right moment. He declared his intention. He built a strategic alliance with people around him. (coughs) No matter what your business is, you're going to need help, much, much help, because you're not going to have every ability within that business, right? You're not going to have it all. And my advice, Solomon's advice... He took advice from all over the world. I I had a dream to to produce the books to help churches, right? To give pastors and leaders books around the world. I can't even spell. Hallelujah, is that okay? (laughs) I can't spell. I've got a spelling problem, to be honest. I can't spell. I don't do grammar. I don't do any of that. But hallelujah for Dr. Leanne Hodges, because she can. Good friend of mine. I can't type. Hallelujah for Heidi Morse in America who listens to the tapes and produces the audios and types everything up. Then sends it to Leanne who corrects all my spelling errors and things. I can't do formatting. Thank God for Pastor Tom Higgins who's an expert in that. So you may have the current... This is so biblical. Two by two, not one by one. Right? Two by two. So I may have the idea, like Adam, but I need so much help around me. Amen. So don't be proud. Humble yourself. Get the advice. You still pioneer it. You still lead it. It's still your baby. But you're going to have to understand that you need help. Or in the end, you may regret not finding that help. Number three, he found out what was needed. Yesterday, we were talking about properties, buying and selling people say, why do I focus on Glasgow? I'll tell you why, because I don't understand London. That's why. So if you're going to buy something, or if you're going to invest in a business, do you want a piece of advice? Understand the business. Oh, I don't understand. They just asked me for money. (laughs) Just stop right there. A lot of people lost a lot of money that way. So if you're going to invest in something, you better understand it. So I haven't been in London long enough to know the areas, the options. but Glasgow, I know like the back of my hand. So the reason I, I, I hold myself to one place is because I know it. I know the market. I know if that's a good price or a bad price. I know the rental income, and to be honest, I can be incredibly accurate on those uh, presumptions I make because I was there so long and studied the market for so long. So investigate your field. Number four, Solomon honored those who helped him. Number five, he operated in mutual trust. I don't know, guys. I think the world is just... The business world. Is there any trust in the business world? (laughs) No trust. No trust. The church is not a business, right? Church is a kingdom. Amen? Amen? And I find it really sad. That I understand, David, you would face this every day as part of your risk-loss assessments and all that. I understand that if I go to the bank, that they don't trust a single thing. Everything has to be nailed down, triple you know, insurance from their person. I understand that. But as a Christian getting into business, there's, it just saddens me, the lack of trust. Um, because at some point, it's like getting married is a great example. The person can tick all the boxes, but if in your gut, it can still be the wrong person, right? Because the trust element is not right. Are you with me? Same with business. It just saddens me. There should be that point where, and it's always going to be there, where I take a leap of faith and I step into a business. They have a saying on Wall Street, nobody's too stupid to make money, but some people are too smart. And what they mean is they don't trust. do you think I'm stupid? There's a time, of course, we're cautious. Of course, we use discernment. But at a certain point, you're going to have to trust someone somewhere or you're going to stand still. Correct? He developed a, a a diverse network structure. He shared the ownership. And I would say for that, again, writing off what we said yesterday, in terms of Dragon's Den. You know Dragon's Den? I throw that statement out there. Maybe some of you don't know. BBC program about entrepreneurs come and pitch their ideas. Excellent, very interesting program. The people on that panel, like Peter Jones, is worth something like 300 million, right? But do you know the profit he has? And they all have, pretty standard, 20%. So when they do a business deal, you'll hear Deborah Meaden say this many times. Someone will come in with a business plan and the profit that they're going to get is like 35 or 45. And they'll just stop them and say, sir, okay, we've been in business a long time. A little bit excessive there. Good if we can hold it, but just don't be greedy. Because if you're too greedy, you're going to find maybe business must be equitable. So everybody involved in the, in the partnership needs to, it needs to be fair. And when someone's taken a bigger slice, you're going to end up with problems in that business. And those with experience in that business say, I don't want part of this because you're, I'm going to invest now, and eventually you're going to have a rift in this business. Did you follow that? It's the same with a marriage. A marriage has to be equitable. I repeat, when you ask Solomon about business, he talks about relationships. That's what he does. He who wins souls is wise, friendships is wise. Keep that equitable. When people come to me to say they want to get married, first question in my mind, is this a good deal for him and a good deal for her? It's got to be equal here. So in the long run, to begin with, this looks good for you, but in the long run, I'm not so sure that's good for her. All right? same, same principle, Solomon's not wrong. Bottom part of your notes there, The type of people I need, and this is enormously important, the type of people I need around me to help me with my business or help me implement any plan. Number one, those who motivate me to obey. People who are not negative or are going to be within the legal structure. One of the first companies I worked with, I still have relationships with some of their staff today. It's in Liverpool. Excellent. Everything was above board. Everybody knew exactly where everybody stood. Uh, accountants were great, tax consultants were great I'm Very impressed with them It's a London-based guy, but the business is in Liverpool I, I, I loved the transparency And it gave me the, the, the ability to trust Because I thought, I can trust this because I understand it I can see it, amen? So Solomon, be careful to surround yourself with people who obey And will encourage you to obey Secondly, if you're going into a marriage or, or a business You need to partner up with people who are self-correctors. And what I mean, but it's very typical in in churches. Um, Sorry, Pat, let me use you as an example. If you're taking staff on at a church, you can't have people who are a problem. Because I can't come in every day and deal with your problems. You're supposed to solve problems. Hallelujah, smile. (laughs) Right? So you can't be the problem. Because if you're a problem, I can't do my work. You're there to be a solution, not a problem, right? So you're very careful. Pat is it what I would call a self-corrector. So if there's a problem, maybe you don't realize it, if there's a problem on Sunday, by the time Wednesdays come, she's already fixed it, even if it's a problem with her. She'll say to me, do you know what, was this on Sunday? I think I was wrong, and I think that... She's already way ahead of it. And then I can say, that's fine, hallelujah, let's just get down to work. Now when you go to business... You don't want to have the person that you're a partner with a problem, right? Because you need to get on with your work. You can't employ problem people. Uh, You know when you go to work tomorrow, there's problem people, isn't there? There's problem people in that place. And problem people tend to be a small... In churches, it's the same. In churches, the same people cause problems every week. Morning, Anne. (laughs) Hallelujah. Do you know what, Anne? It's okay, calm down, Brian. Every, every, everything's going to be fine. Let me finish. <laughs> Do you, have you got any idea the number of people that have come to me with problems with Anne? Zero. Zero. See, you're happy now, aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brian, shush! <laughs> okay. So, I'm, I'm just saying, this is a good beginning, Solomon would say, you need people like this, who are not going to cause you problems. They're going to solve problems. This goes for marriage, and it goes for relationships. You can say amen there, guys. Amen. Amen. Self-correctors. Number three, those who unlock your faith. You get around certain people, and they motivate you. They stir you. You get around other people, and they say, oh, I don't know of this, blah, blah, and, you know, it's all negative. I don't, I don't see how this can work. And in business, in relationships, Make sure that the people around you are positive people. Steve, Steve Upple, some of you know, I spend time with him. I, I don't do much. <coughs> what I mean is, typically we go up to Wolverhampton, sit in the office, and he does the talking. So Steve would just start talking and I just sit. And I don't do anything. And he'll say, you know what, I've got this plan. Blah blah And then he'll change his mind. I said, no, actually, I don't think I'm going to do that now. I think what I'll do is this. Okay, I, I, I don't get a chance to speak. And he talk, 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 talk. Here, more coffee. And then he finishes. He says, thanks very much for your advice. <laughs> I didn't give you advice. I never said a word. Um, and what he says to me is, I don't actually need you to say anything, Mike. But when, see, when you're with me, I see things differently. It's like I see what's right and wrong, and I come with this idea, and suddenly I look at you and think, no, that's okay, forget that. I'll go with this. You need people around you who have that effect. They have a positive effect on you, right? They're spiritual. They're spiritual people with insight, and they bring with them what's commonly called presence. Presence. And you need to feel that presence. You need to be aware of that, because that's a guiding light, all Right? Be careful of those you marry and those you surround yourself with in business. Are they people who motivate me to obey? Are they going to self-correct? Are they going to be an endless problem to me? Do they unlock my faith, walk in love? And when I'm not here, (laughs) that's one thing I did for Rick. When I'm not here, will they defend me in my absence? Will they stand by me when I'm not there? Hallelujah. When you, who was it? Athanasia was praying yesterday. When you were praying at the beginning of that meeting, I just saw those little birth things. God wanting to birth business ideas in some people here. You know? Just feel it. It Can be something simple, can be something great, doesn't matter. Exercise that faith. Get going, get moving. Ravi, would you prepare yourself to pray for us as a church in a moment? On the back of your notes, (coughs) a guy called Wendell Smith, (coughs) he's dead now, in America, he produced these questions some time ago, and I want you to consider them personally for you if you pass these tests or if you fail these tests. Just things that might block me from entering business, things might block my prosperity. Is God good enough in my eyes? Where do you go in times of trouble? The bank? No problem. (laughs) But is God good enough? is, Is he my heavenly banker, my heavenly father? Have I just been foolish? Proverbs has a lot to say. Have I just been foolish with my finances? Then I need to repent today. Have I reacted to the extremes of poverty, of prosperity? There's a lot of prosperity, preaching out there. That's not the kind of church we are. Believe in prosperity, but not extremes. Have I reacted to that? Have I failed to study? Studying scripture is essential. Am, am Am I concerned by what people will say? Remember what we said a few weeks ago about looking foolish, right? You've got to be willing to look foolish in whatever plan may look foolish in the beginning but in the end it will be fine have I been mindful of the poor again it's a biblical principle for those in business have I been evangelistic how's my speech have I got myself into debt then I need to analyze that and take professional advice on that are there any is there anything unethical in the business plan or plans that I have in my heart or I plan to execute lastly sorry that's a repeat Have I just not been wise? Can I invite the worship team back? And Ravi, if you can come uh, and pray for us as a church. If you stand with me this morning. (coughs) Excuse me, stand with me this morning. And just steady your mind. Close your eyes one moment, please bow your head hallelujah Kofi shared with us yesterday about the necessity of being honest with ourselves and laying everything down as men I ask us to be honest with ourselves as men, women youth, children, everyone this morning in the realms of finance Holy Spirit, would you come and give us the grace to take responsibility for our lives and to receive whatever visions and dreams you have in this place. Lord, for the businesses, the relationships that you have, help us to prepare ourselves for the future. We thank you for the past, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the past. Today we look to the future and we invite you.
1: Hallelujah, Lord Jesus Lord, I'm not worthy to come to you, Lord But you have chosen to pray for these people who believe in you, Father father i pray that what i have is what i have been given by you lord lord i pray that each person in this place lord jesus fire them with your vision in their life father lord jesus fire them and lord let them know that you're ready to do your 25 percent if you walk out in faith but they have to do your 75%, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that you will give them wisdom to understand yes. what everybody says that I can't do. But Lord Jesus, you will provide. You will open the doors, Father, Lord Jesus. You know who to, who to bring them, who, who, who they can go to. Do these things, Lord Jesus, Father Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you bless this congregation, Lord Jesus, above and beyond, Father Lord Jesus, so that the the whatever the wealth, whatever they get, Lord Jesus, will will be spread to um, the people that who I need, Father Lord Jesus. Let our let our vision be for all of us, not just for us, Father Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that you will. You will give us compassion, Lord Jesus, give us wisdom like Solomon, Father Lord Jesus. To build relationship and build your kingdom, Father Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that you will, you will let us not serve money, but serve you, Father Lord Jesus. Yes. But the money will bring the prosperity to all of us and let the outside world see us as we want to be there, Father Lord Jesus. We, we, we want to be part of this this congregation father lord jesus father i pray that you will give us wisdom let us humble ourselves in under you father lord jesus and listen to your word and be successful in your name in jesus name i pray amen Amen. Amen. hallelujah we thank god for the word of god we thank god for prayer and uh, we Pray that the, this words be upon our hearts and upon our minds, even as we go through the week. May we continue to think about this and ask God to bless them and give us ideas. And raise these ideas for them to become profitable businesses that will glorify the name of the Lord. We're going to get uh, closing him from the worship team, but you remember last week we were about to see a video from Sister Sima.